Local Content Podcast, your go-to source for content creation, strategy, and business inspiration. I'm your host, Mel Daniels, content strategist, coach, and speaker, empowering women across the globe to grow their business with powerful content that connects, nurtures, and converts. So if you're ready to create standout content that gets you noticed and remembered, or build an aligned audience who love you and are ready to buy from you, you're in the right place. I believe that content has the power to connect us all. It's up to you how you use it. Listen in for genuine and insightful chats with guests, as well as practical tools and strategies from me. It's so lovely to have you here. Let's dive into the show. Hello, hello, beautiful people, and welcome to episode 57 of the Powerful Content Podcast. Today is guest episode day, and today I have with me a longtime online business friend with me to talk all things launches. So Zoe Richmond is an ex-accountant turned Kajabi designer and mentor, tech nerd, and almond latte lover. After spending many years as a financial controller, she realized that she didn't really like crunching numbers all that much. (laughs) And she discovered the Kajabi platform and the incredible online course world back in 2018 and has become obsessed with learning everything she can about how to build a successful online business. She ditched her corporate job in 2020 to go all in on helping overwhelmed course creators and membership owners launch their digital offers into the world so that they can impact more people. You are totally my kind of woman in so many ways, Zoe, I have to say. I love an almond coffee as well, although I prefer a flat white to a to a latte. I love Kajabi as well and have been using it for some time now and love helping service providers too. So welcome to the podcast. Oh my gosh, it's so good to be here. And listening to you, it's always funny listening back to someone like introduce you and I'm like, oh, that's me. <laughs> You're good. You're really good. Awesome. Now, Zoe, I'm actually going to pick up on something from that bio um, that's probably very common to most of my listeners, and that is about a change of direction. So whether that's a certain path in your personal life or your business life, sometimes we get to this fork in the road, whether we expect it, whether we design it or not. So I'd love to know a bit more about your journey, your journey's twists and turns that got you to becoming a Kajabi and launch expert, and most importantly, sitting in your caravan right now, talking to me. Tell me. Oh my gosh. Uh, and I, I think this is probably a very, not a similar story, but a story that a lot of business owners can relate to in that we, it's not just this linear path from one end to the other. So I did my accounting degree, was in the corporate world and was like, this is amazing. Tried to climb the corporate ladder and just ended up in a really toxic environment. And so after um, I had my second son, I decided with a little nudge from my husband to jump out of corporate. And um, I was going to start a bookkeeping business and I was going to help small business owners with their books and do their numbers for them and, and start an online course or membership around that. And I gave that a red hot go for probably 12 to 18 months before realizing I don't really like crunching numbers all that much. Uh, So it's really hard to grow a business that you're not passionate about because Mm. on the days where you don't want to show up and you still got to show up, it's really hard to do that when you just don't love what you do. And we start our businesses to spend our days doing things that we love doing, that bring us joy, that we find fun. So I detoured again into the world of Kajabi 
uh, course creation and became a service provider basically for course creators who were um, struggling with the tech side of it because I actually really enjoyed building websites, designing things, putting, you know, funnels together, all of that kind of stuff. So in 2020, went all in on that, which was really scary. And there was lots of uncomfortable conversations with, you know, family members, friends around, oh, but you spent all that time at uni, you've got all these degrees, you spent all this money, and now you're not even doing that. So that was an interesting time. But honestly, probably one of the best decisions that I ever made, because since then, everything has become a lot, not easier, but it's been a lot more smooth sailing, a lot more opportunities have been have come my way, which just showed me that this is where I'm meant to be. And building a business that is really hard, (laughs) was not where I was meant to be. And then fast forward another 12 months. And in 2022, we set off on a family adventure, traveling around Australia. And I wouldn't have been able to do that if I hadn't have ditched my corporate job, if um, you know I hadn't discovered the world of online business, because it has allowed me, I still work on the road. I still service all my clients. I run my membership. I run my 12-week program um, all from my caravan. I think that that is amazing as well, that you are sitting right now as we speak in, in your caravan and that you share this space with your family on a daily basis, but you still get to service your beautiful clients and work with all the people that you want to work with and still have such an amazing life. It's truly a life by design, I think, that you've created. Yeah, yes. And sometimes it's definitely a juggle and a challenge. And like, it's not all sunshine and rainbows, like working from the beach on your laptop, like there's internet issues, there is client deadlines that you're like, I really want to go and hang out at the beach, but I do have to get this done because the client's launching next week. So there there are all the normal struggles that you would have in a day-to-day, you know, in your business. But I'm definitely trying to lean into the life by design and the family first and doing the things that we love um, first because I don't want to get to 50 or 60 and be like, oh, I wish I had have spent more time with the kids or, you know, doing those things that I um, really enjoy doing. I've just worked really hard for the last 20 years and, yes, I've got maybe a full bank account to show for it. But, yeah, it's definitely um, we're all about the experience here and trying to make the most of every single day. Awesome. I love that so much, Zoe. That's, that's just amazing. We're here today to talk about launches and to talk about your favorite platform as well as part of that. (laughs) Now, I feel like launching is something that we all do, whether we actually realize it or not. So it can really be as simple as promoting, you know, a new offer that we may have, or it can be as big as we like, want to make it. So, you know, that's around a launch event of some description, whether it's a challenge or a webinar, includes a runway and all the things that go with it. But if we're consciously looking at launching and launching our offers, I have a feeling that you may think that we make it hard for ourselves. Do we make it hard for ourselves? We do. And like, it's just, I just think we like to overcomplicate things. We've got all these ideas in our brains. We we are inundated with ideas and strategies from people around us through social media, through um, different coaching programs that we join and everyone's got their own kind of spin on it. So we like to make things complicated for ourselves. We don't think, um, I think more often than not, we have the mindset of launching has to be this big, stressful, complicated thing instead of just taking the 
simplified path, which is like, let's just make it fun, do what feels aligned and the parts that we enjoy. And maybe that isn't the seven step strategy that Amy Porterfield is teaching or that James Widmore is teaching. Maybe it's just putting our own little spin on it and doing what, what we like. I was only having a conversation with someone yesterday about how they got caught up in that online um it, she's part of a group program and she got caught up in in their strategy and what they were teaching instead of just coming back to what she already knew was the right way for her she did this big webinar and you know was like it just realized that that was not her business model and then she went back to what she really enjoyed and worked she knew worked and she made more sales from doing it in her own aligned way than by following the strategy of her coach <laughs> Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's so amazing. And I think that we do get caught up in the FOMO, the fear of missing out of um, other people's strategies, especially when they are big names, when we're really like focused on trying to make what they have work for us, then we kind of really fall out of that alignment of, you know, focusing on what it is that we love to do and how we bring that energy to um, our business. So what are some of the common ways that we might overcomplicate our launches? So my listeners can go, oh, hang on a second, I'm doing that. <laughs> so, okay, so my, my main ones that I see, and because I, you know, I see this not just in myself, I have definitely done these myself, <laughs> but also I, I guess I'm lucky in that I get to see clients and things and what they're doing and and then they come to me with, with their struggles. So the first one is following too many strategies. So taking several different mentors and saying, okay, well, I'm going to follow all their strategies at once instead of just picking one. (laughs) Uh, The second way is feeling like we need to have shine like a little bit like shiny object syndrome so feeling like we need to have all of the the tools all of the the software to launch our courses and so like we need the deadline funnels and we need the webinar jam and and we need the kajabis of the world and we want to do it all at once when really I would say just one (laughs) but we'll get into that in a minute um leaving everything to the last minute this is like I, we, as entrepreneurs, we get these ideas and we want to um, action them all straight away. And so we think, oh, cool, I've got this idea. I want to launch next week instead of being realistic with our time because like leaving anything to the last minute, I don't know, uni assignments, uh, you know, school projects, whatever it is, um, it's just spells stress and overwhelm to me. So definitely one thing that I see. And flying blind and winging it with no strategy. So I've talked about following too many strategies. The other end of of that is then um, having no strategy and just kind of going, oh, I'll just try a little bit of this and I'll try a little bit of sort of like that spaghetti throwing type of <laughs> type of thing. Um, now I'm all for winging it, but sometimes we just have to have a little bit of an action plan, like where are we heading? What's the goal? Um, and what are a few of the steps that we're going to take to get there? And then the fifth one is, recreating the wheel each time we launch. So instead of taking parts from our launches that worked really well and just repeating them, tweaking and refining, each launch, I see so many people thinking that they need to recreate everything from scratch every time, writing brand new emails every launch, creating a new webinar every time they launch, um, running a new training session, you know, you don't need to recreate the wheel every single time we launch. Definitely don't need to do that. Yes. (laughs) Uh, and I'm, but I'm, I'm a little bit guilty of that. I think sometimes Zoe as well. So let's just talk about this point for a little, for a little second, because I feel like a lot of people do this with their content in general as well. They recreate yes. the wheel instead of, 
you know, repurposing or reimagining their content across their content ecosystem, they create something new every every single time, which, you know, increases yeah. the workload, increases the stress, increases the overwhelm, and then you end up doing nothing because you just feel so totally overwhelmed with it all. So yeah. I, I think that a question that some of my listeners may have, Zoe, is you've just said not to necessarily recreate the wheel every single time, but I know that they will feel some resistance reusing exactly the same email or reusing exactly the same webinar each time. How can we shift our mindset from thinking, oh, no one wants to hear this because I've said it before, to, oh, this is amazing. Maybe someone needs to hear it again. Yes. And this is a big thing. And again, like I can totally relate to that, like feeling like I've already sent these emails out, you know. People don't want to read the exact same thing again. But I guess if we come back to it, like depending on how long in between your launches as well, um, like I haven't launched for over six months now. And so someone is not going to remember word for word, even my, you know, raving fans are not going to remember word for word what I wrote to them last launch. So I probably wouldn't send the same emails for all four of my launches over the year, but definitely I would tweak. So I might tweak my subject line and just tweak some of the the promise and the and the message behind the email might be exactly the same thing but I might rewrite the introduction and the call to action and my points might be exactly the same in between those two things so it feels different but it's it's essentially the same thing that I sent last email uh, or last launch and when it comes to your webinar maybe it's the same content but just into a different title so it feels different to the people that you're presenting it to but again people often need to hear things more than once before they're going to before it's going to sink in or before they're going to actually take action on it so even though you feel like you're repeating yourself over and over and over again the people in your community and in your audience they probably need to hear that more than once before they're going to go oh that makes sense (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's so, so true. I think that sometimes we think that we're repeating ourselves so many times and we're just saying the same thing over and over again. But in reality, how many people actually see every single piece of content that we put out there, whether that's the email, whether that's the social media post, whether that's the blog, the podcast or the video, how many people see every single thing that you put out there? And I would suggest that it's pretty low given, you know, yeah. some of the, the algorithms for the, the social media platforms. So I think that, yeah, we do get worried and, and caught up in that whole, oh, I'm repeating myself so much when people a need to hear it and b may not have heard it in the first place anyway so i think that there's some uh, great tips there i love also how you just mentioned that we should think about the time between our launches mm. in relation to <laughs> that repurposing um, or reusing exactly the same content as last time because it is so true it is so true i would And I think that if you look at it from a personal perspective, do you ever remember the emails that someone sent a year ago? I don't think so. Like, (laughs) no. if you do, congratulations, you have a photographic memory. But, you know, you, you may get the gist of the same message, but I don't think that you necessarily remember that it was exactly the same thing. So with your launches, you were saying that there's six months in between them. So, uh, you know, that's heaps of time for people to, A, forget about what you said and B, to really start letting your message sink in over that time because you're contacting them regularly, you're nurturing them, et cetera, et cetera. So it really gives them that opportunity to uh, let the message sink in. So I think that that is a really uh, great point as well. 
So we talked about the five things there. There's following too many strategies, having that shiny object syndrome, <laughs> leaving things to the last minute, which, oh my goodness, that stresses me out. My husband and my daughter are very different. They love the last minute, not me. Oh. Um, flying blind or not having any strategy and then recreating the wheel every time. So they're kind of some of the ways that we look at overcomplicating our launches. So now that we can see those things or identify those things potentially in our launches, what's the answer? How can we make it more simple and more fun? And I know that you've got answers yes. for us here, Zoe. That's that's my thing. And I like simple, simple and fun. So um, the first thing is come up with your launch plan and your, and your launch strategy. So for you, if you don't like live launching, don't do a live launch. So pick pick something that you enjoy that your audience will relate to and roll with that. And so there's your plan. There's your and and what I suggest you do is create yourself like a bit of a timeline. So and that that kind of rolls into that that other one about leaving everything to the last minute. Because if you've got your plan and you know what your launch plan is, then you can start to create your timeline on, okay, well, these are all the things that I need to get set up for my launch because it is not just a case of saying hey I'm just going to you know host a webinar next week and you know all these people are going to buy my program there are you know certain steps that you need to take and certain tech pieces that need to be set up so when you've got your plan you can come up with your launch timeline on okay this week I'm going to focus on setting this part up and that's a big part of my philosophy and what I teach as well is that we can do it step, one step at a time. So don't try and do everything all at once and be like, well, this week I've got to write my sales page, copy, design my sales page, write my webinar script and, and create the slides all in one week. Because realistically, with all of the other hats that we wear in our businesses, it's not possible. So by giving yourself enough of a runway in between launches, you're probably going to get a, a, have a much more successful launch because you'll have done all the, the work leading up to the launch. And a lot of that launch work is done prior to launching, not in our launch period. And you'll feel so much more like calm leading into the launch, which energy is a big part of launching as well. So come up with your launch plan and give yourself your, your launch timeline so that you can tick off each week, pick one project, do the lead generation funnel. Great. We've got that done. Now I'm going to write my sales emails. Now I'm going to, you know, tweak my course portal. So each week you can focus on sort of one part of your launch instead of trying to do everything at once. <laughs> and the third one is just pick one software. So each time you launch, you might want to add in a different layer, for example. So when you're first starting out, you don't need Webinar Jam, Deadline Funnel and Kajabi plus a Facebook group to have a successful launch. <laughs> you don't want to be learning how to use, I mean, everyone knows how to use Facebook, but you don't want to be learning how to use all three of those platforms at once if they're all brand new to you. So each launch, just pick one. And then each time you launch, you can add in a different layer. So maybe for the, the first launch, it's just, okay, I'm going to set up Kajabi for my course portal. And that's where my course is going to live. So that's where all of, that's the tech I'm focusing on this time. And then maybe you want to add in something like host, running a webinar through Webinar Jam or Demio, but you don't have to do them all at the one time and that's where that shiny object syndrome comes in because we see you know Mel's over there launching her course and she's doing a webinar on Demio well maybe I want to try Demio and then you realize how many things you've got to set up to actually connect it to you know to your email platform so just pick one just pick one and I just have such a firm believer that you know having those things is nice but it doesn't mean that you're going to sell more of your course and I think that's 
an important kind of thing to remember is that the software you choose doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to, you know, make more sales. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So many juicy things in there, Zoe. I'm going to pick up on one thing if I can. Uh, The hashtag do all the things. I know that so many people fall into this trap, especially when it comes to content creation and strategy as well. They feel as though they need to be, they should be on Pinterest. They should be on LinkedIn. They should be on Facebook, they should be on Instagram, they should be emailing every week, all the things. And what ends up happening, Zoe, is that you end up doing none of them very well, do you? So I'm assuming the same thing happens with with launching as well. And when launching is such uh, an important piece and is such an important focus and you put so much energy and time into it already to create it, then, you know, having that feeling of not being in control is not a good thing. Exactly. And I think like I have conversations with people weekly about, um, you know, someone said to me the other day, oh, I, I've got to come up with content for my launch which and I want to post three times a day. And I was like, whoa, like, why are you posting three times a day? And I was like, just post once. Like it's almost like people needed that. She needed that permission from me to say, hey, you don't need to post three times a day because she thought she needed to. Mm. Or, you know, I need to be emailing my list twice a week in between launches. And I'm like, well, just email if if twice a week feels good to you, go with twice a week. But what about just once a month to start with? Just send one email a month so that it's it's and it's taking that small step, right? So that's like, okay, well, we've done one email a month. That feels achievable. And then eventually you might be like, okay, cool, maybe I'll go with every second week. So you don't, you know, you don't have to, I'm giving you permission now, you don't have to do all of the things if all of the things feels overwhelming. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I love that so much, Zoe, because I'm so about that as well. So listeners, you have permission. You have permission not to do all the things and to just do what feels right for you, which is so, so important. Now, the other thing that you just mentioned previously was about taking one step at a time and focusing Mm -hmm. on one task and completing that task before moving on to the next task. Yeah. How do I know what tasks that I need to do? I have a feeling that you might have a special resource you can share. (laughs) Yes. So I've, I have created this checklist. It's called the, the Kajabi launch six, six week Kajabi launch checklist. And I've broken down basically if you are, um, and you could use it for other platforms, definitely could, um, all the steps in a launch. Cause there's a lot of them. There's a lot of tech pieces that need to be kind of put together. And I, so I've broken them down and I've sort of given you, okay, if you're focusing on your lead magnet, here's your list of things to do. And then you can just pick one thing. Okay, great. I'm going to focus on this one task this week. And next week, I'll move on to the next part of my launch. Because when, and and again, when people come into my world, they're like, I've got to do this and I've got to do that. And I, I need to get my course created and I need to sort out my webinar and I need my lead. And I'm like, whoa, just, just, whoa, let's just pick one thing. Let's focus on one thing first, do that for me. And then we'll move on to the next thing because we like to overcomplicate things as we've already established. (laughs) Yes, we have. We have established that. I think that's such great advice as well, just to focus on the one thing. And even if you don't, you know, do every single thing that's on that checklist, it's um, a great guide, I think, to build on the next launch and the next launch like you said you know just just focus and master what you've got now and then next launch add something else into into the mix once you've got all your systems down pat so we know how we overcomplicate things we know what we need to do to simplify things and make it easy now I know that you love Kajabi and you are a Kajabi expert and I love Kajabi as well so I'd love to have a discussion around why you think Kajabi is such a great platform for people who have digital businesses. I think it comes down to the all-in-one 
ness of the platform. So, you know, instead of needing, I don't know, uh, teachables, active campaigns, then you need a Squarespace website. And so you've got so that's just three, three logins, three different softwares that you need to learn with Kajabi only one place. And I love that I just need one login. I can access everything that I need. And I only need to learn one kind of platform because the land, building a website to building the course to building the, you know, sending an email, it's all very, very similar. Um, it's quite intuitive. And I, I have a lot of people that sort of say to me, like, once you know where to go and what to do, it's quite easy to follow. So it's, it's easy to use. Everything's there. Yes, it is a little bit expensive in terms of website hosting and, and those kind of things. But I actually had someone do the math and they were like, I added up all of the plugins and all of the other software that I needed. And it worked out very similar, if not more expensive to have all of the other softwares versus just having the Kajabi basic plan. So I've only ever had a website on Kajabi, um, even before I had courses and, and memberships and all of those kind of things, because I could see the long term benefit of having everything in one place and not needing to rebuild it on another platform. So if I started on Wix and I knew I knew that we were doing this trip that we're doing and, you know, that I would eventually have a membership and a course, I didn't want to have to rebuild everything on Kajabi eventually anyway. So if you can, it's always a good place to start. But I totally appreciate that not everyone's budgets when they're starting out can stretch that far. <laughs> yeah, right. And let's just talk about price for a moment because that does seem to be the most common roadblock that I hear when it comes to using Kajabi. I love though how on a particular plan, and I think it's called the growth plan, that you can have affiliates. So you can earn income to cover your subscription. Yes. Yes. So with like Kajabi will pay you commission if you share the Kajabi link with your audience and someone signs up. Um, and it's quite generous actually too. It's 30% of their monthly subscriptions. So you can definitely offset a lot of your, you know, your monthly fee if you're, especially the digital space and you know other course creators or membership owners who are thinking about Kajabi. Um, so that can definitely be a good way to kind of offset and bring down your monthly subscription. But I think too, uh, this mindset behind investing in your business as well, isn't there? Like, it's like it, it does, it makes you kind of feel a bit more grown up and, you know, oh, I've got my, you know, website on Kajabi or I host my course on, on Kajabi. It's like, that's where all the, you know, gurus like to host their courses so but yeah there is some mindset behind it too yeah definitely and it's around that whole investing in yourself and investing in your business in order to get the outcomes that you want to yeah. get in the long term so yeah totally yeah. appreciate that totally appreciate that now Zoe if people want to learn more about using Kajabi to launch how can they do that with you if you are one of those people that is poor on time I can build and design your course, your website for you. Um, I have a membership for Kajabi course creators who are looking to DIY their launches um, called the Kajabi Launch Club, which is super fun place to come and hang out. Uh, and that's where that one step at a time really comes in because memberships are super overwhelming, right? So we just focus on one thing each week um, so that it's not quite such a big thing. And we can also launch together over my 12-week group program, which is the Kajabi Launch Club Next Level. So that's if you're short on time uh, and want a little bit more accountability. And we go together. Do It's a kind of like a hybrid 
container where there's some done for you one-on-one parts but then there's also you know you guys need to put in the work as well um so it's probably the quickest way to get you from idea to launch in um eight to 12 weeks so that's my favorite way to work together (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely brilliant. So listeners, if you are thinking of using Kajabi at all, then make sure you check out Zoe and her amazing offers because I know that she is such a wealth of information and she will be able to help you go from that idea uh, and launch simply and with fun as well, all through using Kajabi. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. But before we go, Zoe, I have a question that I ask all of my guests, and that is around your superpower. I love it. I love, love, love it when women own and use their superpowers. So what do you think is your superpower? Yes. Okay. So I was trying to articulate this and it's it's in my ability to simplify and make people feel calmer. So often people will say to me like, oh my God, I just feel so much better after you've just like explained something to me or um, after you've um, broken it down for me. So I think it's about like taking like tech, for example, and putting it into simple people's languages and, you know, just simplifying it so that you don't feel like we're talking gobbledygook and you can just feel a little bit, you know, a little bit calmer, even in my corporate career. Often people said that, like, I would take accounting concepts and just explain them in normal people language. So I I think I'll own that one today. Yeah, I think you should. That's awesome. (laughs) And do you have any final parting words of wisdom before we finish up? I think just permission to do business your way. And if that means pivoting from a business that doesn't feel aligned, even if you're making money in it, um, you know, if it doesn't feel right um, or it's feeling really hard, for example, but you're not loving it, permission to just pivot take another path um, and do things your way, I think is the, um, and be a bit adventurous, I guess. Brilliant, brilliant parting words of wisdom there, Zoe. I love it so much. No, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and sharing your wisdom with my listeners. I truly appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me. It's been so much fun chatting all things Kajabi, all things launching. It's been amazing. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. That's it for another week. To get more powerful content in your life, make sure you're following along on socials. My handle is at Meld Business. And just in case you're wondering, the groovy music for this podcast was created by Just Here on SoundCloud. I'd also be super grateful if you took a moment to rate and review this podcast so more amazing women like you can experience the power of content. And if you're like, hell Mel, stop talking. I'm ready to work with you now. Here's how we can work some powerful content magic together. Firstly, come and join the content effect, my membership inspiring women with service-based businesses to ditch the content chaos and start creating standout content that gets you noticed and makes sales. You can join us by using the link in the show notes or just Google the content effect. The second way we can work together is via my one-on-one packages. We can create a sustainable content strategy or start to build out your client journey. It's up to you. Hop on over to meldbusinessservices.com.au forward slash services to find out more. Until next time, have a beautiful week and embrace the power of your content.